Welcome to Inner Force. Your host is Angela King. Inner Force is all about using the tools within you to be a better leader. If you are looking to build a better business, connect more effectively with others, and become the leader you've always wanted to be, it's time to unleash your own inner force. Now, here is Angela King. Welcome. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Today, we're talking about the power of our inner fuel tank. We're going to discuss how the way in which we care for ourselves impacts our emotions, connects us to ourselves, and supports high performance in that we have more capacity to meet the situations that we're in in the way we intend. In our new Ventures West segment, we'll be joined by Adam Klein, who is a practicing integral coach, the global graduate director for New Ventures West, and a faculty member of the school, who will share his expertise on the topic. As we learn the impact that taking care of our physical bodies can have on our emotional states, we position ourselves to drive high performance in ourselves and our teams. This is what being connected to our inner force is all about. So what is inner force? We define it as our deepest, most authentic self and the source of our vitality. Our inner force houses our deepest truths, our most tightly held values, and our intuition. And it is, of course, already within each of us. The mission of this show is to support us as leaders in creating a set of practices to use in the midst of our busy lives that will do three things. First, help us connect to ourselves. Second, help us have a regenerative impact on the state of our inner world. And last, to provide fuel for us to rise and to bring our contribution out into the world. Now, accessing our inner force requires development of a skill that we may or may not have, the skill of self-attunement, which we define as a physiological and emotional sensing of one's own current experience, rhythm, mood, and needs. Now, this topic and the practices that we're going to introduce as a part of today's show are designed to help us hone that skill and to fuel our connection to ourselves. Now, last week, we explored the power of tracking our internal states, and this is really relevant to this discussion today, so I'd like to recap it for a minute. We discussed how we can use our presence in the current moment to track the state of our self-regulation using a combination of mindfulness and the zones of regulation. This brings our awareness into the present moment and cultivates the capacity to know what zone we're in and to begin to explicitly name it and even to communicate it to those around us. We learned that it's not just about being all zenned out all the time, that actually whatever state we're in is just fine. The power lies in being connected to ourselves in the moment to be aware of our internal state and then be able to name it. So as a reminder, the zones of regulation is a conceptual framework created by Leah Coopers used to teach self-regulation and it, self-regulation, excuse me, and it characterizes rises these into four states of alertness and emotions, four zones, red, yellow, green, and blue. The red zone describes extremely heightened states of alertness or very intense emotion, like anger, for example. The yellow zone is the heightened state of alertness. This zone covers the spectrum from excited to anxious. And a person in this zone might be stressed, frustrated, anxious, excited, or maybe even nervous. The green zone is used to describe a regulated state of alertness. 
A person in this zone might be calm, happy, focused, and ready to learn or work when in the green zone. And the blue zone is used to describe low states of alertness in which one might feel sad, tired, sick, or bored. So we had a practice last week that we introduced of mindfulness and self-observation. We suggested a question of what zone does it feel like I'm in? And then a question about what's one thing that I could do to support myself given that zone that I'm in. And we'd love to hear from you how that went or what your thoughts are around the subject. We'll be taking your questions via email and you can send those to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Today we're building on the tracking of our internal states in our discussion about how we can attend to ourselves in a new way. We're talking about it as a new definition of self-care. So let's talk about the concept of self-care. A dear friend and former colleague of mine from Bain said that to me that when she hears the term self-care, what she hears is selfish. And that makes her not want to engage in self-care because that would make her a selfish person. And I think this is a common notion out there. Parker, Parker Palmer, who is a leadership guru out there, responds to this concern in his book, Let Your Life Speak, by saying, I have begun become clear about at least one thing. Self-care is never a selfish act. It is simply good stewardship of the only gift I have, the gift I was put on earth to offer to others. Anytime we listen to our true self and give it the care it requires, we do so not only for ourselves, but for the many others whose lives we touch. So what if we reframed self-care? to fueling up. My sense is that when we reframe it that way, it actually opens possibilities for us. So what if we framed it as an inner fuel tank that provides what we need in terms of mental, physical, and emotional energy to bring our whole selves into our work and our lives? So let's look at it this way. When our car is running low on gas, what do we do? We take ourselves to the gas station or the electric recharging station, if you're doing that, right? We spend the extra few minutes it takes to fuel up our car. If we don't, we end up on the side of the road and we lose several hours. So when that gauge is headed towards empty, we refuel or we power up. We're required to stop our forward momentum, pull over, refuel, or we lose time in our day. And yet with our bodies, we've adopted a very different stance. When our fuel tank is empty, we keep pushing and pushing. I work with executives all the time who say, I don't have enough time to eat. I don't have any time to eat lunch. My team needs me. There's just too much going on. Or sometimes my day is so packed that I forget or choose not to go to the bathroom even. And, you know, I want to honor this because I know this too. I remember how it was when I was working in my busy days at Apple. So this is really real and it's also not sustainable if we want to step into ourselves in a more full way. Tony Schwartz and Jim Lauer in their book, uh, The Power of Full Engagement, talked about it this way. Physical energy is the fundamental source of fuel, even if our work is almost completely sedentary. It not only lies at the heart of alertness and vitality, but it also affects our ability to manage our emotions sustain concentration, think creatively, and even maintain our commitment to whatever mission we are on, 
Leaders and managers make a fundamental mistake when they assume that they can overlook the physical dimension of energy and still expect those who work for them to perform at their best. They continue by saying the most important rhythms in our lives are the ones we typically take for granted, most notably breathing and eating. The breath is a powerful tool for self-regulation as a means to both summon energy and relax deeply. The second critical source of physical energy in our lives comes from the foods we eat. Now, the zones of regulation that we learned about last week can help us identifying what, in identifying what we might need to do to attend to ourselves in some way. So, for example, by knowing we're in the red or yellow zone, we can then ask ourselves what fuel we may need. And I believe the reverse is also true. If we take regular breaks to refuel, we will more likely stay regulated and in the green zone, ready to be productive, bring our problem-solving skills and our creativity to the moment at hand. When we are exhausted, stressed, haven't eaten, haven't slept, haven't moved our body, how can we bring our full selves to anything that we do? We have to have fuel of various kinds to meet the situations in our life in the way we intend to. Have you noticed that sometimes it feels like we're all in competition with each other for who is the busiest or working the hardest or even sleeping the least? What is that about? I love David Weiss' entry on rest in his book, Consolations, The Soulless Nourishment and Underlying Meaning of Everyday Words. In this, he says the following about rest. Quote, rest is the conversation between what we love to do and how we love to be. Rest is the essence of giving and receiving, an act of remembering imaginatively and intellectually, but also psychologically and physically. To rest is to give up on the already exhausted will as the prime motivator for endeavor with its endless outward need to reward itself through established goals. The template of natural exchange is the breath, the anatomic giving and receiving that forms the basis and measure of life itself. We are rested when we are living exchange between what lies inside and what lies outside. When we are an intriguing conversation between the potential that lies in our imagination and the possibilities for making that internal image real in the world. We are rested when we let things alone and let ourselves alone to do what we do best, breathe as the body was intended to breathe, to walk as we were meant to walk, to live with the rhythm of a house and a home, giving and taking through cooking and cleaning. When we give and take in an easy foundational way, we are closest to the authentic self and closest to the self when we are most rested. To rest is not self-indulgent, To rest is to prepare, to give the best of ourselves, and to perhaps most importantly, arrive at a place where we are able to understand what we have already been given. What a beautiful entry that is. So one question we can ask is, how do we know when we've had enough rest or enough of any of the fuel that we need? Right, Our cars, whether they are gas, diesel, or electric, have an internal gauge that monitors if the car has enough power to keep going. What is the way that we monitor our fuel levels? What kind of fuel do we need? How do we fill our fuel tank? How much do we need? And what gets in our way of taking the time we need to fuel up? 
These are all questions we'll explore in our next segment. The one thing I know for sure is that just as they instruct us on the airplane, I have to put on my own oxygen mask first. When I do that, metaphorically speaking, in the midst of my life, and I'm fueled up, I approach everything I do with more inner resources, creativity, and presence, which means I meet situations with more of myself. Without the flight attendant telling me I have to put on this mask first, there's no way I would do that. I would naturally, out of my biology, put the mask of my son on before I take time to put it on myself. And I'm so glad that that's clearly specified by every airline on every flight I've ever been on, right? Because it gives me permission to do what I need to do. My guess is there's something important here about giving ourselves and each other the permission to fuel up. We need to take a quick break and we'll be right back to hear more about how this impacts our emotions and explore what we, what might be getting in our way. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is Inner Force with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Inner Force. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. 
In this segment, we're going to talk about how fueling up relates to our emotions. And we'll talk through some questions that we can use to unpack what this means for us individually. Now, we're going to start with drawing on the work of Lisa Feldman Barrett in her book, How Emotions Are Made. This is an in-depth study of the linkages between physical and emotional energy. Now, I'm not going to get into all the details of her research because that would take us days. But essentially, she presents a set of research that challenges a vast majority of what is out there in the world regarding emotions. Her central tenet, as her book title states, is that we make our emotions. She says, quote, in every waking moment, your brain uses past experience, organized as concepts, to guide your actions and give your sensations meaning. When the concepts involved are emotion concepts, your brain constructs instances of emotion. So we're going to talk a bit about how this works and how it relates to our inner fuel tank. What's also important to note here is that when we leave our emotions untended, they tend to determine the quality of our moment-to-moment experience. And we'll talk about that next week in terms of what we can do to attend to our emotions by acknowledging them, learning to turn towards them, and stay with them versus pushing them aside. We'll explore what we can do to name our emotion, not that we're trying to change it, but to merely pay attention and to notice what's happening in our emotions. So what Bartlett shows her in her work and research is that we can begin to attend to our physical bodies in a way that supports our emotions and our overall system. For example, when we're low on energy, this impacts our emotional state, which back to the zones of regulation, this example illustrates the blue zone. What she introduces is a concept of a body budget, and I'm going to share a few poignant excerpts here to illustrate the concept. So what she says is, your brain is always predicting, and its most important mission is predicting your body's needs so that you can stay alive and well. These crucial predictions and their associated prediction error turn out to be a key ingredient for making emotions. You replenish your body's resources by eating, drinking, and sleeping, and you reduce your body's spending by relaxing. What she's saying here is that the way we take care of our body's resources impacts the emotions that we feel. Now, this is where it gets really interesting. She continues, quote, withdrawals from our body budget don't require actual physical movement. Suppose you see your boss, teacher, or baseball coach walking towards you. You believe that she judges everything you say and do. Even though no physical movement seems called for, your brain predicts that your body needs energy and makes a budget withdrawal, releasing cortisol and flooding glucose into your system. Stop and think about this for a minute. Somebody merely walks towards you while you're standing still and your brain predicts that you need fuel. To perturb your budget, you don't even have to, you don't even require, excuse me, another person or object to be present. You can just imagine your boss, teacher, coach, or anything else relevant to you. Every simulation, whether it becomes an emotion or not, impacts your body budget. As it turns out, people spend at least half their waking hours simulating rather than paying attention to the world around them. And this pure simulation strongly drives their feelings. Now, this is another case for why we want to cultivate the skill of focusing our attention that we've been working with over the course of this Inner Force show. 
because it's literally a way that we can fuel our physical being. Focusing on what's happening now, rather than creating simulations, as as Bartlett calls them, of what has happened in the past or what or maybe what we should do about it, or creating simulations of what may happen in the future, by focusing on that present moment, we're actually conserving energy. Using the power of our attention, we can reduce the emotional drain that we create out of simulations that don't serve us, like emotionally ruminating over and over on the same topic. When we ruminate, our brain is actually making withdrawals from our body budget that don't help us and reduce the energy we have to bring to the world. So what is her recommendation on what to do? She says, quote, the most basic thing you can do to master your emotions, and in fact, is to keep your body budget in good shape. If you want to feel good, then your brain's predictions about your heart rate, breathing, blood pressure, temperature, hormones, metabolism, and so on, must be calibrated to your body's actual needs. If they aren't, and your body budget gets out of whack, then you're going to feel crappy no matter what self-help tips you follow. What can you do practically speaking to keep your predictions calibrated and your body budget balanced? I apologize if I suddenly sound, sound like your mother, but the road begins with eating healthfully, exercising, and getting enough sleep. So here she's reinforcing exactly what we're saying about fueling up that it's critical to how we perform on a day-to-day basis and how we feel emotionally. Let's explore what we can do to monitor the levels in our fuel tank. How do we know that we're running low on fuel? Now, the zones of regulation that we spoke about last week can help, but we can also break this down across the three main centers of our being, our head, our heart, and our body and ask a series of questions to start to unpack what's happening with us mentally, emotionally, and physically, which of course are all inextricably connected. What areas am I feeling most deep depleted right now, mentally, emotionally, and physically? This has really helped both me and many of the clients that I work with, breaking down depletion into its parts and then sensing into what we need to do in order to bolster that depletion. If we think about our head center, we can start to ask ourselves a question of how internally spacious do I feel? Like, am I focused and present in the moment now? Or am I in some form of self-criticism, maybe in the form of an inner critic attack? Or ruminating about something that happened in the past or is gonna happen in the future? The latter tends to decrease the level of spaciousness that we actually have access to. From an emotional perspective, we can start to ask ourselves, what's the nature of my emotional landscape today? We can pay attention and notice what's happening in our emotions versus trying to change it. When we're low on energy, we are more vulnerable to emotions like anger or shame. And we'll spend a little bit more time on this next week. From a physical perspective, we can ask ourselves, what feels possible for me today? When we're low on energy, we can feel as if not much is possible. Another question we can ask is, how could we use the power of ritual to transform our relationship with fueling up? What are our fueling up rituals? Do I have any? And if so, how do they help me fuel up? Are there rituals that I do to start my day? And what are the nature of those? Or how do I actually step into those? Are they rushed? 
am I focused in the moment or am I flying through them in a panic to get out the door? What kind of ritual do we have around eating? Are we standing by the refrigerator or eating at our computer while we type? Or do we take a break to eat mindfully and focus on what we're doing when we're doing it? We could ask ourselves, what ritual do we have around the end of my day? You know, with our kids, we have a dinner, bath, bed routine. Do we have a similar kind of routine for ourselves? Does whatever we're engaging in, whether that's a glass of wine and a TV show or something else, does what we're engaging in at the end of the day feel restorative or does it feel depleting? Another question that can be super supportive to, is to start to look forward in our schedule. For example, before we're going into an intense time and ask ourselves, how can I actually fuel up before I go into this, while I'm in it, and after? Now, I realize I've just asked a whole bunch of questions rather than providing answers. And I believe this is actually a key part of the process. We can start to ask ourselves questions and then go into inquiry about what this means for us personally. The answers are all inside of us. Now, based on research of various kinds of high performers, Tony Schwartz and Jim Lehrer in their book, The Power of Full Engagement that I recommended earlier, uh, found that to sustain full engagement, we must take a recovery break every 90 to 120 minutes. So the bottom line from these various resources is we need to sleep, breathe, eat, and recover every couple of hours. That seems easy. What makes it so hard? Of course, there's all kinds of things. Number one, we have to hold that fueling up and taking breaks is important. Number two, we need to build in support that also helps hold that this is important. And I think we'll talk a little bit about that with Adam in our next segment. Tactically, we need to create reminders and interruptions like a timer or someone to remind us to take a break. And we also need to look at our underlying belief set because we may have something there that's propelling us to consistently put our basic physical needs aside to keep working. The question is, what is the belief set that drives you? Now, this is something I know intimately, both in my own life and working with clients. And in some cases, we need to let go of a story that we have about ourselves in order to do this, in order to do this fueling up. So, for example, I have, personally, I have a, I'm a hard worker story. And for a great deal of my life, I have worked super hard and seen my value as my work ethic and what I produce. In order to take time off or fuel up during my day, it really helps to put that story down, to see my essential value for what it is, which is way more expansive than how hard I work or what I produce. What's tricky about this is that my work ethic has also served me really well in my life. Working hard does serve us well, and if we do it completely unchecked for too long, we hit a wall. Trust me, I'm still trying to recover from coming back from hitting the wall from my days at Apple. Fueling up can make the way that we're working and living more sustainable over the long haul so that we perform at our best. If we zoom way out, the possibility here is an entirely new way of working, one in which we're attending to our mental, physical, and emotional selves while we work instead of postponing that until a later date. This would mean working and living while we take conscious breaths, while we take pauses in our day to recover, to eat, to move, while we fuel ourselves. How can we work 
and have fueling up be integrated instead of separate? How would that change what we can accomplish individually and collectively? And how would it support what's being called for in this moment in our history, which I believe is for each and every one of us to rise and meet the challenges we have today in whatever way we can with as much of our capacity as we can bring? What would we have to change in order to step into working in this new way? We have to take a quick break, and we'll be back for our new ben- Ventures West segment, in which we'll speak to Adam Klein about the underlying questions we can ponder about what's getting in the way of us taking time to fuel up. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Inner Force with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Inner Force. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Today, in our New Ventures West segment, we're super fortunate to have Adam Klein joining us. Adam is dedicated to seeing people and organizations flourish. He currently does this through executive coaching and teaching professionals. 
Over the last 15 years, he has helped create a first-in-class business solution to combat global slavery and relaunch a San Francisco Bay Area Center for Integral Development. Adam holds a master's degree in mechanical engineering, is a certified integral coach, and has his professional coaching credential through the International Coaching Federation. He also teaches integral coaching through New Ventures West. Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm delighted to be here. So as you know, today we're talking about the power of our inner fuel tank and how we can care for ourselves in a new way through fueling up. And I thought perhaps we could start with your take on some of the underlying beliefs that may be getting in the way of us taking time to fuel up, and maybe a little bit about how you've worked with executives to get underneath their beliefs or what might be getting in their way. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a really powerful question about what is it that's getting in the way and how do we understand it? And then I think even more so, how do we intervene? Um, and I think some of what's helped me in working with executives and supporting them stepping into this question of, you know, fueling up and paying attention to their bodies in a different way is first seeing that, it, that they aren't doing it in some way or another. So right. really simple things like time tracking, like how are you actually spending your time and attention? Mm-hmm. Are you taking breaks? Are you sleeping? How are you eating? And logging it so that we can have a real sober assessment of how we're actually living versus how we think we're living. Because often the two of those things don't really jive together so well. Uh, we have one way of thinking how we live and then there's actually how we live. Yeah, so doing beautiful. Some real, just tactical work around how are you spending your time, like in a mm-hmm. real way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds really powerful. Yeah, well, it helps get into this idea of like, are we, how are we regulating ourselves? Mm-hmm. And um, in conjunction with that, I think another thing that's help, that's been helpful is asking people to declare in some way, like what are they committed to in their life? Or another way of saying that is what do they, val- what do they ultimately value? Um, so sometimes this is talked about as what is the eulogy self? So what do you mm. want people to say about you at your funeral? Right. And so this elicits like, well, these are the qualities I want people to say about me, or this is what I want to be known for, or, you know, how I want to be seen. And then translating those into some kind of value and saying, okay, well, how are those showing, how are you living those now? Mm -hmm. Or how are you um, working with yourself so that it's possible to live into these values? And again, coming back to like really mapping it to life and saying, Okay, so you're wanting to take care of your body. You want to be a healthy person. That's a value of yours. How are you doing that on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? Yeah. Yeah, I think that kind of gap analysis between what you want and how you're currently showing up can be super useful in this process, definitely. Yeah, and I think um, it helps also because what this does is we can get so, I think one of the things that gets in the way to your original question is, we can get locked into real short time horizons. Oh, uh, like, well, it's just this project and you yes. know, I'm only going to be doing this for this thing. So we have lots of um, get out of jail free cards or excuses or stories that we have about, you know, it's just this time or it's just for these three months or it's just for this, or just blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, so having some way of saying, well, what am I ultimately committed to over the long haul? 
and how is that showing up? And if it's not showing up, then something is off. Yeah. Yeah, and it sort of gets to this whole piece about the how we want to show up while we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Like your point about how do you want to be remembered? Right. You know, that, that piece of it's not just that we're slogging through that, you know, big project that we've got to do, but how are we showing up in the midst of it? And is that what yeah. we intend to bring? Right. Right. And, and these, you know, how we show up is really, you know, dependent on how we take care of ourselves. So Absolutely. if we're not resting and feeling ourselves, then we're going to be, um, you know, in a more agitated state or a stressed state, our emotional responses will be based on, like, according to, you know, Lisa's words, a depleted body budget. Yeah. So we will be more reactive to things versus responsive. Yeah. Um, so we miss out. So what happens is then we miss out on the, the possibility of being really effective in what we're doing or being really patient with what we're doing or um, being more holistic in how we think about things. Because those, yeah. those kinds of actions, those kinds of ways of being in the world get cut off when we're living from more of a survival, instinctual, depleted state. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the word you brought in, which is intervention. How do we intervene? I think that's such a beautiful question and way to say it, because it does feel like it needs to be an intervention. Um, What does it take to intervene with ourselves? Yeah, I think one of the things that first comes to my mind is that it's really difficult to do on our by ourselves, all by ourselves, you know, over the long haul. Yeah. I think sometimes intervening requires us to have allies. Yeah. Um, people that we can be in it with um, so that we can help have a, you know, someone alongside of us to help break because we have this uh, momentum. Right. This way of living that has a lot of momentum to it. And so to sort of counter and swim upstream in our own lives requires a lot of resources and Having people alongside of us gives us energy. You know, this mm-hmm. is something that also comes up in Lisa's research is that being around people who uh, relax us or fuel us can give us the resources to have a, a more long-lasting intervention versus yeah. trying to muster it all on our own. It's mm-hmm. exhausting to try to do it all by ourselves. Yeah. And I think that's so important in the corporate environment. Right, because there's a system that's running at the pace that it's running. And there's a way that I think, at least in my own experience, that I needed support and an ally there with me, people that I could uh, turn to or they could help intervene with me, like, Ange, maybe you ought to take a break for a little bit, (laughs) Um, you know, to point that out to us when we can't see it or we can't do it. Right. So it can be. Think, it can be when we have allies like that. It can become a reinforcing circle in the right direction. Right. Absolutely. I think. And I, I think it's one of the reasons we see a rise in, um, like for instance, coaching inside of corporations is because people recognize the difficulty in making changes. Yeah. And to have someone in it with you can provide the support. 
uh, that otherwise is missing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, because what we're really talking about here is, as we, you know, know from the integral coaching world is that we have to intervene with our habitual patterns, mm-hmm. have to take, start to know what we habitually do, to your point, getting the data about how we're actually spending our days, and then to start to make a different choice in order to bring mm-hmm. about change. And mm-hmm. having somebody in that with us is really powerful as part of the intervention strategy. Yeah, yeah. I think another aspect of the strategy that's something you mentioned earlier is, like you mentioned the story that you had, like I'm a hard worker. Like what are the stories that we tell ourselves that keep us on a particular track? Yeah. Um, And the only way, well, not the only way, but one powerful way to get into that is to ask ourselves, like if we have a a meeting with ourselves that says, you know, at at one o'clock today I'm taking a half an hour break and one o'clock comes, it's like, well, I'm not going to take that break today because I'm going to do this instead, some work-related thing. Yeah. So so doing it maybe at the end of the day when we do a sort of analysis on the day and how we actually spent it, like what kept me from taking that break? What was the story I was in? What was the yeah. story I was telling myself that kept yeah. me from actually keeping my the commitment I had in my calendar, which was to take a break? Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. That's exactly the practice that we're going to bring in uh, a little bit later in the show is something along those lines. Um, Yeah, so important to be tracking to that. So I'd also like to hear a little bit about sort of how, and we have a couple minutes before we go to break, um, how you've seen the impact of fueling up on the leaders that you work with. So when someone steps into this, what happens? Yeah, well, I think there's a couple of things that happen. One is first, they feel life feels very different. So, like, I, people in my experience, they start to feel more capable of accomplishing and more capable of showing up mm-hmm. versus like they've just been thrown on the train and it's left and they're along for the ride. So they feel like they have more agency in their life because they feel more resourced. Yeah, I love that more agency. Yep. And I think it affects, you know, the three sort of body centers. So in our mind, we can start to see things more clearly, which gives us ways of saying no to things that really aren't that important or can wait. Mm-hmm. So we have a, a better way of seeing. Um, emotionally, we're more available. We can connect with people better. We can empathize more. We have more patience. We also mm-hmm. have more resilience to continue forward with things. Yes. Um, yeah. And then overall, in our bodies, we feel healthier. We feel more alive. We have more vitality. Um, we're more access to vitality. So there's lots of impacts that um, happen. More possibilities uh, in our lives start to change when we really start paying attention to our bodies and how we're living and uh, stopping the train. Yeah. Beautiful. So we need to take a quick break and we'll be back to talk more with Adam Klein and we'll also introduce our practice of the week. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. 
Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. This is Inner Force with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Inner Force. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. We're talking today about the power of our inner fuel tank and how we care for our bodies in a new way. We have Adam Klein with us, who's a practicing integral coach, global graduate director for New Ventures West, and a faculty member of the school. So, Adam, what about talking a little bit about how we can bring in ritual as a part of the intervention that we're talking about today in terms of taking care of ourselves and fueling up differently? Yeah, I think ritual is a helpful way to orient to this and a place to start is looking at like what are our current rituals in our life and how are they fueling us or not fueling us. Um, so like our morning ritual when we get up, rituals that we have when we're during our work day or whatever we're up to during the day, and then our rituals after we're done working and how are they helpful and not helpful. And I think one of the things that I like to point out here is to really pay attention to what science says about some of these things because we're not always the best judge of our um, bodies and what they need. So (laughs) simple things like science says a cup of coffee in the morning can disrupt your sleep at night. Right. And not just disregarding that because, well, it doesn't affect me, but really taking it to heart and experimenting with different kinds of rituals and see what effect they have. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's so important. It brings to mind back the research from that Tony Schwartz did with all those high performers, high performing athletes, et cetera, where they found that you have to take a break every 90 to 120 minutes. And how could we experiment with that for ourselves and see what right. that does, you know, to our day when we take a break, a short break, just to get up and 
walk outside for a minute or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And I, I think a helpful orientation is this, is to be a learner about ourselves and what helps rather yes. than being in the like, I already know what works for me. Well, yes, it may have worked and it may still work, but can you be open to other possibilities um, and yes. paying attention to like these scientific studies that right. may point to something different? Yeah, I love what you're bringing here, the stance of a learner. I mean, I think it's so important because there's these different stages, right, that we go in as we age. And through the decades, there's a different set of things that we need to fuel ourselves. It's a whole different ballgame at 40 than it was yeah. at 30, for me anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for myself as well, like uh, having been a historic endurance athlete, that right. type of activity served me when I was younger and now it wouldn't serve me as it, as it did then. Yeah. Yeah. So how, what's, what's involved in the creation of new rituals? Like seems to me it's similar to a new habit, right? Where we need to create a cue and we need to remember to do it. Mm -hmm. And um, so how do you help clients create new rituals? Yeah. Well, it starts with assessing what they're currently doing. Yeah, And then bringing in, um, yeah, new possibilities. So what is it like for the morning routine, for instance? What are you currently doing and how, what's helpful and what's not? And then, what are possi- what are, and then brainstorming, what are some possibilities that could be shifted here? Yeah. And then experimenting, taking what you learned from your experiment and refining. And I think um, in addition to the sort of experimentation phase and seeing what works and taking in research, one of the things that I really like to highlight with people is how to be persistent with this. So not um, chastising ourselves if we fall back to our old patterns, but just being, you know, today yes. didn't go so well, but tomorrow's a new day and I'm just going to try it again. That's right. That's right. I think that's so important, the self-compassion. Yeah, because, you know, as you highlighted in the earlier session, you know, we can have people walk in and they can deplete our body budget. And so can yes. the, our self-talk. Our self-talk yes. can just as easily deplete our body budget. Absolutely. So to, yeah, to see where that's happening and to save ourselves from expending that energy when we don't need to. Yeah, it's a beautiful point. So, Adam, unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap up for today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Oh, it's happy to be here. Okay. So, it's that time in the show when we introduce the practice of the week. And this week, we're going to go through sort of doubling down on our one-on-one -on -one meeting with ourselves that's something that we've introduced in previous episodes. And the idea is to take a meeting at, at the example is to take a meeting that you already have sort of that framework with either someone on your team or your boss, right? We have some way that we check in with each other. And instead of doing that with your boss, you're going to be doing that with yourself. And so that's the, the framework. And we have been doing that in the morning and uh, in, and so now we're going to double down on that and add it into the evening as well. So the idea is whenever this works for you, once in the morning and once at night, uh, to create a cue to remember to do it. And in that one-on-one -on -one meeting to first stop and connect to your breath, to inhale and exhale 10 times, 
That takes approximately one minute. And then as a self-reflection to ask yourself how you're feeling and what is one thing that you could do today to put fuel in your fuel tank. The last thing to do is then set an intention of what will you do today to fuel up. Then in the evening one-on-one meeting with yourself to again connect to your breath, inhale and exhale 10 times, to ask yourself some self-reflection questions along the lines of what Adam was pointing to earlier about did I act on my intention to fuel up? And if so, how did that impact me? And if not, if I didn't get it in, why not? And it's okay. But just to ask, what's getting in my way? Is there a belief that's creating a roadblock for me? And if so, can I put that down? And then the last step in the evening would be to, given what I've learned today, what will I take in to my next day? Maybe what is one new ritual I could create for myself or stance I could take up that would support me in fueling up my tank? Now, as always, we want to use this with the what we call the three C's. Courage to try it in the first place, curiosity to learn about the nature of our experience, and compassion to be kind to ourselves no matter what we discover. Don't forget to go to fuelinnerforce.com to download the practice of the week, and you can also send us your questions and comments there. I'll leave you with a quote that I came across yesterday following my morning yoga and meditation practice from the book Awakenings. Quote, learn to stop and you will learn stability. Once stable, you will learn to rest. In rest, you will learn serenity. In serenity, you will learn to reflect. And through reflection, you will succeed. Here's to fueling up so that we can have more resources to meet the moment. That concludes today's show. Tune in next week when we talk about the power of owning our emotions. Research says that high-performing teams have one thing in common, psychological safety. We'll learn what that is and how we can create it. As we learn to turn towards our emotions, tune into them, name them, and know the choice that we have, we can own our emotions, which strengthens the connection we have to ourselves and with others. In our new Ventures West segment, we'll be joined by Angela Akawa, who is both a psychotherapist and a certified integral coach through New Ventures West, who will share her expertise on the topic. As we step into owning our emotions, we can drive high performance in ourselves and our teams. This is what being connected to our inner force is all about. We hope you'll join us next week here on the Voice American Business Channel, Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific. The most important connection we have is the one that we cultivate with ourselves. Take time to fuel this connection every day. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Thank you for tuning in this week to Inner Force. Be sure to join host Angela King for another program next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Inner Force. Connect. Ignite. Rise.